Ladies and gentlemen, this is an auspicious day. What a day! What a fabulous day! It is, in fact, a red letter day. Today marks the dawning of a new episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. A constant barrage of eye-opening conspiracies and ad-libbed innuendo. Featuring Parker. If at first you don't succeed, keep on sucking till you do succeed. <laughs> and Chris. On the streets, he's known as a jackass. Two premier content creators promoting the healthiest brand integrity in the world. Tell them what they've won, Spider. The way I see it, this should be a very dynamite show. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. My name is Chris. With me, as always, is Parker. And one of the main things that some critics or just audience members in general will say about movies that, to me, is a bit of a cop-out is, oh, that movie was fun. And I I don't really like it because they'll say, oh, movies are just supposed to be fun. You know, just a little time distractors, time wasters, and, you know, a little bit of escapism. Just something to turn your brain off for a couple of hours and eat popcorn. I disagree with that sentiment. I think that movies are art. They, They should have some sort of meaning. They should have some sort of message. They should have some sort of intellectual value. We watched Spawn this weekend, and uh, that was my idea. I'm not entirely sure what I was thinking or whether I was thinking. Parker, what do you do when a movie is not fun and does not have any sort of intellectual redeeming value? You spend two hours talking about it on the internet. Very good. Okay, before we do that, Parker, would you like to talk about the movies you've seen recently? Before I talk about the movies I've seen, oh thank now, you! I wasn't gonna, I wasn't gonna do news today. Yeah, but I read a headline earlier that made me feel things, and then I clicked on it to read further, and I came away with so many more questions. <laughs> so let me just read this title All for right. you: "There will not be killer robots in the planned shopping mall remake." Oh, now just sit there with that for a minute, and just like let that course through you, like. Someone out there in the world watched Chopping Mall, a movie in which teens who work in a mall stay overnight, and then electricity strikes the building, and it turns on the robots that guard it, and the robots kill them. It's a classic. So that's the point of that movie. But there will not be killer robots in this remake. So I, you know, you have to click on it. It's a movie that was originally called Killbots without Killbots. Instead of killer robots, they are these mannequins that are possessed by the souls of dead slaves that worked at the plantation that the mall was built over. Uh, Chris, what did you watch this week? <laughs> okay, let me tell you what I watched this week. Yeah, pack that in. Try and just absorb that, because I have not stopped thinking about it for the last five hours. That's, boy, that's like making Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but instead of a chainsaw, he uses a number two pencil. I, I took a, I, I don't, a I Roger Corman this. movie about robots in a mall <laughs> But what if they were slave ghosts? Wait, wasn't that the plot of Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island? <laughs> Wait, they were Confederate ghosts. Okay. It was truly terror time again in that mall. <laughs> All right. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what I've seen recently. Uh, speaking of stuff from the past, I watched a 1925 black and white silent movie that's two and a half hours Great. long called The Big Parade. Great. Oh my god! It's a war movie, and I gotta tell you, it's one. I think it might be one of the very first anti-war movies. One of the things that people say is, "Oh, war movies these days are all anti-war." I can only imagine why that is. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've come to agree oh. that war kind of sucks. Anyway, the big parade. It looks like it's going to be one of those propaganda, like "Oh, join up and help our boys over there." Uh, it doesn't proceed that way. It kind of has a pretty rough ending being like, yeah, going to war actually kind of blows. 
and uh, the main character does not really grow in any meaningful way. But overall, I'd say it's mostly a good movie just because A, it shows the horrors of war and B, what it can do to a young man's psyche. But it also has kind of a tender romance in it and the characters are likable. It's actually really well shot and really well acted. So one of the best silent movies I've ever seen. We then go to another silent movie about the First World War called The Battle of the Somme that came out in 1916. This is one of the earliest silent movies that's ever been released. It's a British movie. Uh, I can't really recommend it to anyone. It is more like a documentary because they use actual war footage and you see actual dead bodies and stuff. And then it says, so make sure to join up and fight for our boys. I'm like, I don't really (laughs) want to now. That kind of seems like it sucks. So, The Battle of the Sum, I would recommend not watching. Uh, next one, 1937, Not Silent. It's called Make Way for Tomorrow. Uh, this one is probably better for me than for some other people. Uh, make Way for Tomorrow was described by Orson Welles, one of my favorite directors, as so sad it can make a stone cry. It's uh, This movie really, really, it doesn't tug on your heartstrings, it yanks on them. Oh, no. It's one of those movies where once you're done watching it, you, the first thing you want to do is call your folks. You just want to call them and make sure they're all right. Um, oh, no. Yeah. So I don't like those movies. Yeah. It's, that's the thing is if you have a bad relationship with your parents, this isn't going to cure it, but it might make you think, be like, oh, you know, now I kind of feel bad for them. Basically, uh, there's this older couple and uh, really, really old. Although the guy playing uh, the main character, the, the main old guy is 68, playing a basically a 70 year old. Does a good job. He seems like he's about 70. There's a woman who plays, uh, her character is supposed to be 70. She looks 80. The actress is 48. I oh could not tell. And I, I do not know how they did it with the makeup. I am so impressed. And her voice. That, that The voice was really what it was. Anyway, they, they're forced to move out of their house because the bank has taken it over or whatever. And their kids are like, oh, we can't. Their kids who are really like in their 40s are like, oh, I don't know, mom and pop. We can't really keep you both in the same house but we can split you apart like by 300 miles like oh we always thought we'd be together and they're like oh they just want to be together and like it kind of makes this point that they're sort of an imposition on their kids but they're they're both so in love with each other you just feel so bad for them and and the lines are written are just so beautiful and then it ends with them going apart the woman has to go to an old folks home the end i just yeah it's uh it's a sad 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 movie uh, but very good. Uh, I, I think it was probably the best movie from that year, 1937. Better than The Awful Truth, but yeah, anyway. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Familiar with both of those. Uh, ni- then 1948. I watched a lot of black, uh, black and white movies, Parker. Um, letter, I've noticed. Yeah, Letter from an Unknown Woman, which is not... the. I, I thought it was going to be some other movie that had like Orson Welles in it, because I like Orson Welles. But this is some completely different movie. This has Joan Fontaine and some other guy in it. This is like, it must be one of the original chick flicks right up there with Wuthering Heights and Gone with the Wind and shit like that. Letter from an Unknown Woman is a romance and it's really boring and the girl loves this guy and and they they meet up and they kiss and all this. Stuff. It's so boring. I can't stand this movie. It's like, I don't, I'm not, I don't have anything against chick flicks. I like mean girls. I, I like The Princess Bride. I like Drag Me to Hell. Those are all chick flicks. I, I love those movies. But like, Letter from an Unknown Woman. Ugh, God, it's, it's like, ugh. It's, it's like Princess Diaries Two. I can't stand that movie either. <laughs> Letter from an Unknown Woman isn't that bad, but it's it's supposed to be a classic. 
everyone likes Letter from an Unknown Woman, but I'm like, I, I, I don't know. I can't get into it. I, 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 don't make me watch that. Uh, but I, I watched a good movie, too. I, uh, oh, I went with Alex, the good one, to go see The Iron Giant. Let me tell you something, Parker. You like oh, giant did robots? You did you cry no. in the theater? Did you cry on the drive home? No. Cried on the way there. About to say, did you step into the bathroom? Like, yeah, I'll be right back. <laughs> Just kind of let it all out. No. Yeah, me neither. So, Parker, do you like giant robots? You know that I do. It. This has to be the best giant robot movie. I'm fine. It's. It uh-huh. has to be. Think about it. It's so good. This is incredible. I, I can't get over just how much of a masterpiece this is. And it didn't win the Oscar for Best Animated Feature. I don't even know if it existed back then. But it came out the same year as like Tarzan and Spirited Away. Both of which suck. Actually, Tarzan's all right. But like... <laughs> Come on, it's so fun. It, it's uh, like I've said, it's very, very relatable. I, I've never related to a main character so much. I I love so much about this movie. The writing's good, the acting's good, the art is incredible, the message is so important. That being said, Alex almost ruined the movie for me twice. First of all, we got a Ready, Ready Player One trailer before the movie started because. Of course, fuck you, Chris. You you paid money for this movie, and we're gonna really stick it to you. The entire time, she's elbowing me in the ribs, being like, "Hey, Chris, do you recognize that? Do you know what that's from? And, you know, I, I'm going to see these in a movie. And, oh, look, the Iron Giant. Are we seeing the animated prequel, <laughs> the spinoff? <laughs> this is the most sinister thing I've ever heard in my life. No, it got worse. Do you remember oh, no. one of like the big scenes in the Iron Giant where uh, a couple of hunters kill a deer? And Hogarth says they killed it. It's dead because guns kill. And she leaned right over to me and said, oh, typical liberal media propaganda. <laughs> I just realized, oh, it's a good thing I didn't say this with my dad. <laughs> and also, the Iron Giant has a gun in Ready Player One. Because why watch movies we're referencing? Well, that's the thing is... So in the trailer, he's marching with them, and they're all shooting at him, and he has all, like, the guns inside him. So whenever he sees a gun, he just, like, freaks out and has all these guns all over him, and he has, like, lasers. He can, like, dissipate all these other things. So why wouldn't he have that sort of stuff? He's he's a menace. He would kill everyone and everything when he does that. But get... Ernest Klein never even saw The Iron Giant. He likes the idea of it. It's like those people who say it's one of the saddest movies ever. Did you not watch the ending where he rebuilds himself? Look. What happened after Superman? <laughs> doesn't matter that moment <laughs> that moment is a part of me that i will never get rid of oh bt dubs it's uh also the best superman movie i mean i mean yeah. not exactly uh let's, let's not damn it with faint praise but i do feel like a good person because and his mother martha <laughs> shut up i i can't i i uh i have to admit i i feel like a good person i did a good deed by watching this movie in theaters because this is the first time that alex has ever seen that movie and then she was nice enough to lean in and ruin it for you twice. Well, okay. The first one was during a trailer. And the other one was just making me think about, oh, I'm glad I didn't have my dad watch it. Because as soon as he says, guns kill, my dad would have stand up and started screaming. <laughs> guns kill. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Check, please. <laughs> All right. It's that Jerry Seinfeld gif of him getting up like, okay. <laughs> he raises an order card that says not happy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, what can I get you? Oh, it just says refund, uh, <laughs> sir. 
Uh, that's not on the menu, sir. <laughs> uh, but the good news is Alex had a good time. She appreciated it, and she she really liked it. And I, I'm glad because it's such a good movie. And I'm I'm gonna rewatch it over and over again. I'm I'm gonna have my kids and my grandkids rewatch it. Uh, nice. Anyway, I rewarded her for uh, sitting through that by uh, letting her watch North with me. You're a piece of human garbage. I, I know I am. North is an endurance test. It is one of the worst movies ever made. There is nothing I could possibly say to redeem this movie. It is a special kind of bad. The, the sort of bad that you really have to see to believe, but I'm not going to make you do that because, uh, I don't know. Because you can't. I don't live near you. I just won't do it. I can't put you in a leg lock and make you watch that movie. (laughs) It is... How 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 best do I explain this? It's a 90s comedy and a 90s family comedy. And uh, this kid is uh, fed up with his parents not appreciating him. So he decides to uh, divorce them and become a free agent. So, you know, kind of ties in with NFL free agency right now. Uh, Basically, this kid is an Adamican Sue. And I, I'm reminded somewhat of one of my favorite movies of all time, Adam's Family Values, which is a 90s family comedy. One of the reasons it works is because it has a ton of jokes and it throws all of them and 98% of them hit. A couple duds in there, but most of the jokes are really good. And I kind of appreciate when you just have a million jokes, you just want to get them all out. North is very much the same way, but none of the jokes are funny. And a good series of the jokes are very racially insensitive. Uh... At least two of the jokes are so, like, I, I wouldn't say offensive, but they're just, like, so, oh, they make your skin crawl that I'm not even going to, like, say them on here. Uh, a, the other jokes are, like, popsicle stick jokes. Like, uh, he goes to Hawaii, and uh, they're like, uh, it'll be easy to get you into college. He's like, oh, why is that? Well, we only have, like, a certain amount of letters in the alphabet. Think about Waikiki, Honolulu, uh, Maui. He's like, how's that going to get me to college? Well, since we don't have uh, B, C, D, or F, you're pretty much guaranteed straight A's. Uh, there's a pause for laughter and, and stuff. Uh, the w- no, it's good. This, this no, movie like has it. a lot of stars in it. It has Alan Arkin, John Ritter, uh, a young Scarlett Johansson, her very first role, Elijah Wood, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, uh, uh, J- uh, John Lovitz, uh, the, who, a lot Jason of stars. Alexander. Also, John Lovitz is there. John Lovitz is one of the main characters. Uh, it's oh, you, you should have said that from the top. And should have been Bruce Willis in a in a buddy costume. It is North is a is a different one. North, I kind of do want you to watch just so you can. It's kind of a see it to believe it sort of thing, and I would argue it's almost a good bad movie because it goes so wrong in so many different ways. Uh, if if you're an ethnic minority, I would recommend not watching the movie. But uh, <laughs> I want you to watch it just for the Texas scene. <laughs> That's... You've made me watch that scene before. Oh, you've seen it before? You've sent me that link multiple times. Oh. <laughs> we did a segment on one of these. Episodes. I think I do that whenever you you mention something about Texas. So I'm just like, so it's like this, right? <laughs> uh, Bruce Willis you in that made movie. Me watch it just so I'd have oh, a frame of reference. Uh, just to shit on Alex really quick, she really liked Bruce Willis in this movie because uh, he was, I think, in her words, were either yummy or tasty. But uh, this is the same year that Bruce Willis filmed uh, Pulp Fiction. <laughs> so <laughs> arguably his best movie. And then he did this. It's 
again, it's it's really, really, really bad, but it's almost worth watching just for all that. I might write about it just because it goes so bad in so many different ways. Uh, what it's really well known for, arguably more well known in the movie, is Roger Ebert wrote a review that said, I hated, 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 hated this movie. And it's et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's a really good review. It's worth reading. And it's, it just shows how like outright offensive it is. It's terrible. And it's so bad that it, it's it's more offensive that you think anyone would ever be entertained by it. And it kind of marked the downfall of Rob Reiner's career. One of the best directors in the world. He was on such a hot streak. And then this happened. So uh, what a shame. And then uh, I had some time today, uh, you know, getting set up. And I was watching BoJack with, with Alex, you know, and you, you said, oh, BoJack's good. And I, I, I said, yeah, I like BoJack. I've, I've finally come around. I think BoJack's one of my favorite TV shows now. I like BoJack. He interrupted us. He said, hey, Chris, you got to watch this. I'm like, oh, okay. This must be really important. No, no, no. I want you to frame this correctly. I want you to frame this as you saying, we're talking about Spawn, you saying, well, I'm going to defend John Leguizamo. And I asked you a question. <laughs> he said, have you seen the opening scene from The Pest? I said, I don't know what that is. And uh, you're like, oh, you have to watch this right now. So I did. And I was oh, just sort good. of staring in, sh- in shock. I, uh, I couldn't believe it was real. So I downloaded the whole movie. I was like, okay, I'm going to watch this whole thing. It's like 90 minutes long. The Pest is, I think it might actually be worse than North. North had one joke that I laughed at. He he got a 37 on a test, and Alex pointed out in really small letters, you can see written on the test, how could this be? <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Which I wish I had done when I was a teacher. But for, for this, I don't know if I laughed. I think I was just kind of staring in shock the whole time. The pest is so bad. It's more racist than North is. It's, it is so bad. None of the jokes landed. It, he's just really annoying, and you're like, what is he trying to do? Is he trying to be like Rob Schneider or something? It's, it is, I mean, he's annoying. That's the movie. He's a pest. He bothers people. Is that what, like, the same sort of oeuvre as uh, chairman of the board? Oh, man. I, 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 I can't believe this movie. This is another see it to believe it movie. You guys don't want to believe this, okay? I'm warning you right now. Parker, you can go ahead and sit with that theme song that you sent me. That's all you need to know. Because the whole movie is no better. It, I, there might have been a joke that was funny in there. I'm not sure. And uh, let me tell you this. The Pest is a movie that's about faith. You have to have faith that, <laughs> the, that the writer is the one who was, you know, that the movie was so bad because of him. The director, there's a lot of things where you could tell, okay, this isn't, this isn't even John Leguizamo. This is obviously the director just fucked up. But there's so much of John Leguizamo that's so annoying, and you're like, oh, is this just him being like this? Uh, and then I watched the, the the copy that I found came with a making-of feature that was like five and a half minutes long. It's like, okay, let's get some answers here. Nope, uh, apparently he improvised a lot, and uh, it's just Shocking. like, yeah, I just feel more comfortable whenever I'm like improvising, man, and I can like just say a whole bunch of stuff and just kind of like explore this. It's like, okay, all right. Okay. Just really explore the set. Really get your fucking claws in it. Parker. Just tear the room apart. Have you ever seen Carlito's Way? Unfortunately not. Yeah, me neither. But that's like my last possible way to defend John Leguizamo. Because I've seen him in <laughs> Super Mario Brothers. I've seen him in The Pest. I've seen him in Spawn. And I've seen him in The Happening. Carlito's oh, Way has got to be a saving grace <laughs> oh <my> here. <laughs> 
Man, I don't have imagine the scene in the happening where he's just yelling math questions at his daughter, but he's in the full makeup. <laughs> Listen, bitch, five, two times two, and you have 17 apples, and they just fucking drive into a fence. That scene where he just slits his wrist, I, I'm pretty sure that was like an analogy for his film career. Be like, what am I doing? <laughs> I'm going to have my own this stand-up it, John. Show. You're going to be in a big-time Shyamalan movie. The, the strangest thing for me was watching the past and then going to his Wikipedia and realize, realizing he had his own TV show. You know how he got that TV show? Off of the success of the Super Mario Brothers movie. Parker, what did Every you watch this weekend? That. Every word of that hurt worse <laughs> than the last one. I have a question for you. I was going to. Gun to your head. Yeah. The Pest or Serbian film, which one do you watch? The Pest. The Serbian film is going to stay as the worst movie I've I ever seen. I thought I'd finally broken you. Uh, no, I mean, the Serbian film still has baby rape. That is true. Yeah. But that baby does not rap. Don't. <sighs> For what it's worth, guys. Baby if... rape, baby rap. <laughs> Take your pick. Uh, we'll get to Baby Geniuses 3 later on. But uh, for okay. everyone listening here, once you got past that great baby baby rape segment, uh, <laughs> if you listen all the way to the end of the podcast, I'm going to put in that opening song from uh, the past. I want you to listen to the entire thing. I want you to see if you can no listen. listen to the entire thing because it is astonishingly bad. It's it's like one of those cringe videos you find online. And you're like, oh, man. How could someone like that exist? If you're feeling bad, watch this movie. Because you'll never feel as shitty as this movie is. It feels like it was created in a lab to be, like, the most uncomfortable thing I've ever seen. Exactly. Every once in a while, you will get this feeling like, oh, I feel weird. I'm a freak. I, I'm not I'm not cool. I'm, I'm, I'm annoying. People, are, people just put up with me. And then you watch The Pest, and you're like, no, I'm good. <laughs> Please don't subtweet me like that. <laughs> Did not appreciate well, that. Well, Parker, if you're feeling it, then watch The Pest. It will cheer you up. You're like, oh, jeez, at least I'm not doing that. Yeah, I bet The Pest will cheer me right yeah, up. Yeah, exactly, because you're like, oh, I'm not in Hollywood. I'm not a famous actor. Ah, this is what they got to do. It also has Between that one that guy. Eating maggot pizza. That one guy who was in Howard the Duck and Beetlejuice. What's his name? I don't know. Oh, the guy with child pornography charges. Oh, that guy. <laughs> I forgot. That guy's cool as hell. Yeah, he plays a neo-Nazi in this movie. It's really funny. Oh, fuck. Yeah, I'll take your word for it. Yeah. Uh, anyway, what did you watch this weekend? Well, looking at my list, there's an outlier here at the beginning. Okay. Chris, I wanted to watch a movie that would make me feel something. Okay. Well, the So I watched is... Room with Brie Larson, and I felt everything. Yep. That's, uh, that's a good one. I had been putting it off for a while, because honestly, I didn't know, like, I knew the general plot. And I was like, I don't want to watch 90 minutes of uncomfortable sexual assaults. But that's not what that movie is. It hurts you in much different ways. It's very creative in the way it just rips your soul out multiple times. Mm-hmm. Oh, speaking of, my friend says, uh, he was like, I'm going to watch a movie today. I was like, what are you going to watch, David? He said, I'm going to watch Manchester by the Sea. I was just like, oh, oh steal, your, steal your nerves. <laughs> watch Manchester by the Sea. It's like, hey, are you okay? You want to talk? <laughs> that's one of the Can saddest movies I think I've ever seen. It is. Oh, boy. Yeah. Well, after that, things took a turn. Oh, boy. So I'm digging through all my DVDs, and I have all these multi-packs of these shitty horror movies, right? God bless you. Because, you know, I live on brand. Yeah. And I found one that struck a nerve that I remembered called Cry Wolf. Now, this movie is a mid-2000s slasher 
that is heavily involved around a game. It's a combination of the boy who cried wolf and the AOL instant messenger. What? It's so... Like, I've said multiple times on here that the mid-2000s are the nadir of all forms of art. <laughs> I don't think you're so wrong. They're at, this, they're at this prep school, right? Yeah. And they go into the one class we see with the hip, cool teacher Hello. played by John Bon Jovi. Oh, man. Now, I also remembered that one of my good friends participated in a viral marketing that was an AOL Instant Messenger chat room where the fake killer would message you. The 2000s were not good. This movie has a scene where one of the guys from Supernatural references jacking off as bending it like Beckham. So, you know what? 2000s are not a good time. Wow. I don't want to know how you found this. One of them asks the girl, his girlfriend, to send him like naked pictures on a cell phone, and he calls it Phone Sex 2.0. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. And by the way, the writer and director of this got on to went on to write and direct a movie that will be coming out this year, the teen horror sensation Truth or Dare, that I will almost definitely make you see. <laughs> I know you will. That's a teen horror movie coming out on Friday the thirteenth. I'll see you there, buddy. I'm go- my head's gonna be in my hand the entire time. Speaking of, it was around this moment I had a realization. Okay. Like, I watch a lot of dumb movies. I watch a lot of comic stuff, monster movies, horror in general action. But my comfort food, the warm blanket I tuck myself in, it's not just slashers. It's the shitty 90s and 2000s ones. Of course. I can put any one of those on at any time of day and just, it's just like a nice cup of hot cocoa. So I dug into the old Blu-ray shelf. I pulled out Scream 1, 2, 3, and 4, and we had a fucking week. I completely forgot they made a fourth one. They sure did. Now, Scream 1, the opening scene is fucking incredible. Like, there's a lot of problems with the middle of it. The script is just... It's so meta, you'll want to rip your fucking eyes out. But that opening scene is incredible. I eagerly anticipate making you watch it. I, I know I have to. I'm, I'm kind of embarrassed I haven't seen it yet. That's one of the ones where I always get like, you haven't seen Scream yet? And I'm like, no, I guess I haven't. I was watching a two-second silent movie from the 1800s. Listen, I, come on. I, I'm going to get around to it. I'm also going to get around to Scary Movie. I mean, you can you can do that if you want. I know, I know I'm supposed to, but whatever. The opening's incredible, and I think despite a lot of the problems, because... I see a lot of a lot of the youngins rate this movie like really low and talk about how much they hate it. What scream? It is very mu- yeah. It is very much a product of its time. Like the entire middle is, boy, if you like movie references and really meta humor. For what it's worth, I remember when Scream came out. It was what ninety six, right? Uh-huh. Scream was a big ass deal back then. That oh, was yeah. everyone had the mask. You know, all the kids yeah. from school were wearing that mask. These goddamn millennials don't understand. But even with those problems, the third act, I think, like the entire last half hour works really well, too. What does not work well is Scream 2. I can summarize his problems for you in a, one sentence. It came out less than a year later. Oh. And it's two hours long. Oh. What are we doing with a two-hour sequel? Oh, that's that, that shouldn't be legal. <laughs> two-hour slashers should be a criminal offense. Yeah, it absolutely should. Now, I'm going to spoil this movie because there's no reason to ever watch it. Mm-hmm. But I want you to imagine how hard I laughed when they revealed that one of the killers was Laurie Metcalf. 
Who's that? I fucking died with the mom from Ladybird. Oh, man. Oh, man. It was the idea of this old woman just overpowering these teens and throwing them around. I think that maybe that is part of the joke, right? It's... It has to be, because that's, that's basically uh, uh, Betty Voorhees, right? That's, I mean, that has to be. That's she to be literally yanks Jamie Kennedy off the ground and pulls him into a van, overpowers him, and stabs him to death. That, yeah, exactly. I, I knew it. Okay, that I who directed it was it? Is it still uh, Wes Craven? All, all four are Wes Craven, which I did not know. Okay, and Wes Craven. Believe. Okay, look, I'm going to defend him on this. So I'm pretty sure Wes Craven did that on purpose. It's supposed to be satirical. I think he's making fun of uh, whoever it was in. Uh, in Friday the 13th, Mrs. Voorhees is the one who's killing all these kids, and she's doing this stuff that should be impossible, you know? With her, that's, I love watching that in HD, where you just see those big hairy knuckles. Yeah, exactly, you know? Oh, hello. She's she. she, she's the one, okay, that that has to be like part of the gag, you know? Uh, you know what, I can't wait for you to watch it and tell me. <laughs> By the way, the movie ends, goes to credits, and a fucking Less Than Jake song plays. <laughs> like I said, man. These late '90s, 2000s slashers—they make me feel so good. You are the best at finding like these incredible credit songs. It's not just oh, this. It's not just like buddy. both Batman movies reviewed, but also the, the ones for the Transformers movies. <laughs> well, you want to talk music? Let's talk Scream Three. Okay. Because I pulled up the soundtrack because it's impossible Jake. to not notice it. Let me let me list some names for Please you. Do. So the soundtrack opens and closes with two different Creed songs. <laughs> oh, no. Slipknot. Yeah. Finger Eleven. Okay. System of a Down. Yeah. Seven Dust. Yeah. Godsmack. Yeah. Static X. Oh, God. Incubus. Of course. Power Man 5000. Oh, oh yes, please. And Stained. <laughs> so- I could put any of these movies on at any time and just be happy. <laughs> Power Man 5000, please tell me it's uh, when worlds collide. Uh, unfortunately not. Apparently they made other music, which I don't understand That's why. That's the only song they should have ever had. When, when you write the modern day Stairway to Heaven, just quit touring. Exactly. So this movie has some good things, like Lance Henriksen <laughs> hosting Hollywood sex parties. I'm into it. But it, it also has bad things, huh? like a Jay and Silent Bob cameo. What? Meaning... <laughs> That the Scream movies take place in the Vivisk universe. I can't... If you think about it. Well, I'm going to have to rationalize that. (laughs) Yeah, just come to terms with that. I dare you. And also, it really owns that there's one black guy in the entire movie, and it's the one black guy from Not Another Teen Movie. (laughs) Really... You would notice that. (laughs) Look, I'm not proud of the things I do, but someone's got to do them. And uh, so followed up with Scream 4, which came out a decade later. You actually watched it. And it low-key might be the second best Scream movie. Wow, really? Like, all the entire young cast is really, really good. The original people they bring back are, they're fine. Like, it's a nice little reunion. And then, uh, what's her name? Emma Roberts. She has, like, a whole segment. I can't really say anything because it spoils, like, right. the entire twist. You know movie. I'm going to watch But she has, she has a whole fucking thing near the end that's really really well done really funny but uh yeah it's a surprisingly good because two is bad and three is just Ooh. but one they still a time classic, right? three. Oh yeah right, there you go i mean like there were definitely well, some groaners in the middle of that movie but that opening scene like that is fucking they should teach that scene in classes it is the perfect cold open build tension 
satisfying payoff. It is goddamn. So that is Wes Craven saying like, "Oh, hey, by the way, I'm I'm still good at this, guys." Yeah. So uh, as for the Groners in the middle, do you think maybe it's just a result of the movie aging poorly or something? I mean, the lines that are written. Delivered by Dax Shepard. <laughs> I'm sorry, Matthew Lillard. I get them confused. I get the whole without a paddle crew confused. Uh, I, I'm not surprised. And there's a lot of Jamie Kennedy doing Jamie Kennedy things in that movie. I mean, part of it, I think, maybe stems from... I, I think what the basic premise of the movie is it's sort of like... Not necessarily a parody, but maybe a pastiche of uh, slasher movie stereotypes and stuff like that. Yes, that's basically and the they idea. all know them, and they all love referencing them out loud. So, like, I th- I think that's one of those things where Scream really popularized that. So you have everyone doing it afterwards. So maybe those jokes have grown old, and it's important to remember that Scream did them first. I mean, I get why kids, these goddamn kids nowadays, like, if I didn't grow up with it, that, like, middle hour, it's, it's kind of rough. Because it is, man, that Kevin Williamson script is something. Oh, he's my favorite writer for the National Review. Anyway, God, I <laughs> anyway, uh, I last point I'll make about that is I think Cabin in the Woods was able to do it all right. You know? Oh yeah, it's just like just nonstop quippy dialogue. It's God, what did he write? I can't give me a second. Here. Remember, we can't call them zombies because in zombie movies they never actually call them zombies. They call them freaks. Okay, yeah, can you like get show someone getting their head bit off or something? Kevin Williamson. You may know him as the writer of Dawson's Creek. Well, and now, this, and this article about gun rights. God I want to keep making this joke, man. He also went on to do I Know What You Did Last Summer. And if you watch that... <laughs> I've never yeah, seen that. <laughs> it makes a lot of sense. It is the Scream fucking script turned up to 11. I remember it was a big hit when I was in school, and I, I just didn't feel like watching it. That was like, with a title like that, I'm probably not going to enjoy it. I watched it last October, and it is uh, look. the most convoluted 90s-ass thing. And I definitely do not have the sequel sitting mere feet away from me to watch after we're done recording. I'm pretty sure I said back then when you mentioned it, the one thing I know about, I know what you did last summer, is I... I was like, look, I'm never going to watch it. I might as well find out what it was about. So I looked up the plot summary online on Wikipedia. Good fucking luck, dude. And it was impossible to understand what was going on. There were way too many names. I got confused about everything and who was what and what happened. I just know that someone killed someone. So I watched the entire thing and then pulled up the summary to try to piece it together. <laughs> that movie doesn't make a goddamn bit of sense. Well, the plot summary also, sure doesn't either. Jack Black is in the next one. So oh, good. I'm here for it. <laughs> All right. You watch anything else? I'll mention three things. Okay. Two of them will be very short. Okay. Actually, all three will be short. Right. So I found a slasher movie. <laughs> I've told you. I went deep on Google. I bet. From the 2000s called Cherry Falls. Yeah. And the reason no one's ever heard of it is because it was going to go to theaters. And then this funny thing called Columbine happened. Oh. And the MPA just wasn't having it with all this sex and violence. So it got dumped onto like USA Network or some shit. Now this movie... Like, it's not great, but it's a good watch because the whole thing is the killer is picking off the virgins in the high school, right? Yeah. That's his MO. So the kid's solution is they all just decide to go have a big, giant orgy. As you do. And uh, Jay Moore is a sensitive teacher who connects with the local kids and Brittany Murphy. I've often had him described that way. 
It's a small town murder mystery kind of thing with serial killer stuff and a high school orgy. So you know what? That's something I didn't anticipate seeing that day. <laughs> and it's a movie no one ever, ever talks about because it just got dumped on the USA Network and forgotten about. It was pretty fun. See, I will briefly mention, because we watched Spawn, I, just, I loaded up HBO Go and put on an episode of the Spawn animated series from HBO. Oh, I've never actually seen it. It's pretty good. The, the dialogue is... It's pretty stilted. It's some pretty rough delivery. I mean, when did it come out? Uh, pretty early 90s, I think. I remember seeing those VHS tapes at Blockbuster all the time and wanting to rent them. Well, is it like... Is it like more adultish or like still... Oh, like yeah. They, they really... They lean into it. Oh, really? This is a very like adult property. I'm not sure why this movie's PG-13. But yeah, it's very, very adult. And... Uh, and uh, Spawn, voiced by Keith David. Yeah, I'm here for oh, it. Okay, very here. For I it. also watched an early '90s cartoon because fucking look at me. I watched the first four <laughs> episodes of Earthworm Jim. Man. Uh, I don't know why I keep doing this. I I mean, it's they never hold up. They it they're not all animaniacs. I mean, most it, of them are not that good. It's not really bad. It's it's just like, huh, all right. I mean, they, they make a couple jokes that are okay. It's just. It's in the same vein as uh, Freakazoids. Like, that sort of stuff doesn't work on me. And I have to admit, same thing with the cartoon version of the tech. It's just like, I like the idea of it more than the execution or something. It's it's like, it's fine enough, and the tech is still probably my favorite superhero. But, like, I don't know. I guess I'm too old for superhero movies. Anyway, your next movie. So the last thing I'll mention is something I watched just about an hour ago while making dinner and everything. So New Half in the Bag came out. Yeah, for a movie I've never heard of called Demon House. What? And I only mention this because it's my new favorite thing in the world. Because apparently, Mike is really into ghost hunting. So the entire episode is 30 minutes of Mike talking about ghosts and watching ghost hunting shows while Jay just stares at him confused. <laughs> it is my favorite thing in the planet right now. He's going into so much detail about the fucking ghost adventures, which is incredible. That's the Travel Channel show with the guy who wears I'm aware and has the worst delivery. And apparently that guy made this movie. So it's just Mike talking about ghost adventures and watching ghost movies while Jay just stares at him. <laughs> and that reminds me of you and me, I think. Yeah, it hit it, really close to home. I watched that right before we recorded. <laughs> like, maybe I won't talk about that it. That might tonight. be our dynamic right there. Uh, <laughs> just confused, like... Man, he thought the Star Trek stuff was bad. <laughs> he just does not stop. He's cracking himself up with jokes that Jay doesn't understand. It's It really tickled me. I can definitely say this. I'm not into ghost hunting. But are you in to leading Hell's Army? Well, here's the thing. So I recommended this because I first saw Spawn on TV because, I mean, who's going to see this in 1997? Man, this aired on fucking cable tv nonstop. it did and whenever it was on my dad wouldn't go away from the channel whatever it was, I was like i don't know I'm, I'm kind of feeling this one it's it's better than these other superhero movies and uh i don't even know why i did that voice i think it was just a more like really like, yeah it's better than these other superhero movies i had to agree because the other ones were like steel and uh all those other hey guess what else came out this year did you guess steel and batman and robin no i guess the pest <sighs> quit Making me think about the past. <laughs> You're gonna watch it. I'm gonna love it. I'm not. Gonna yeah, watch you're it. totally gonna watch it. Uh, it's 
and I, I remember having it on, and I was just like, geez, the movie looks... I, I don't know, I was kind of young at the time. I was like, movie looks kind of dark, kind of scary. Is it like a horror movie? It's like, no, 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 you know, like, watch it. And when you're like eight or nine years old, it does kind of seem badass, you know? It's, it's dark and rainy, he's got like that weird suit and everything, and there's... I didn't see the devil at the time, because I would leave the room before <laughs> that happened. But uh, the, when the clown came out, I was like, wow, that clown's like really scary, but he's like... He's still a clown, so he's really complicated. I, I just remember kind of liking the clown. I thought he was like, I don't know, I like the voice and everything, so I thought he was really funny. Flash forward a decade, same thing happens again. It's on TV, Dad puts it on, doesn't look away from the screen. I was like, Dad, the, the ball game, you're missing the game. So he was like, yeah, you know, I'm watching Spawn. And I remember, well, the movie's actually kind of shitty. Uh, this is really stupid. Why are her boobs so big? And I still like that clown, though. Still like the, cl- the clown's kind of cool, <laughs> you know? Another decade passes, and I tell my good friend Parker, you may have heard of him, and I'm like, hey, let's let's watch Spawn. We haven't, I, I'm really shocked we haven't done an episode on this yet. You know, I had to go through all the other 30 episodes and be like, really? Oh, okay, let's do this. What could possibly go wrong? And I'm ready to watch it. I'm like, yeah, ready for the clown. He's my favorite part. And you text me about the pest. I'm like, oh my God, this is going to hurt. <laughs> uh Parker, can you tell me who Spawn is? Because I still am kind of, like, shaky on the details here. Nope. Oh, okay. Well... Al Simmons... <laughs> I forgot his name. ...kills a lot of people. And then he gets double-crossed by Martin Sheen doing Martin Sheen things. Uh, and he gets a real devil's gambit bullshit. Like, hey, lead my army and you can see Wanda again. By the way... Should have called him guys like hearing the name Wanda. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> he says Wanda approximately 47 times in this movie. Yeah, he does. Uh, speaking of, Wanda was played by an actress named Teresa Randall. Uh, wishing no offense to her, I'm sure she's very nice. She cannot act. I mean, how can you tell? She's on the screen less than the fucking dog and the homeless kid. You know what? Yeah, but whenever she's on screen, whenever she gets a line, she's so bad. I don't... Okay, the kid was technically a worse actress than she was, but good lord, Teresa Randall, some effort. I know. I know the movie's no good. I know it's really stupid. I know Michael B. Jordan is hidden behind that awful makeup for the entire movie, but, like, a little bit of effort would be nice. I mean, come on. You're not even trying. Every single line is deadpan. She doesn't... She doesn't give a shit. I don't... Look, I'm just some guy. I know that I probably can't do a much better job, but... For crying out loud. She was in other movies. She was in... Okay, she so she was in... She was in Bad Boys and Beverly Hills Cop 3 and... Okay, so she's in good movies. And Space Jam. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah she's... Future episode Space Jam. I'm ready for that one. I've, I'm ready for the takes. Really? Because you were ready for this one, and then you made me watch Spawn. Listen, dude, uh... Look, I know you didn't like Mother, but this is this is uncalled for. This is better than Mother. I'll get it. Okay. Well, first of all, so that's but okay. It so totally well, is better than Mother. Mother's so fucking no, okay. Look, and I'll get into it. I, no. So Michael B. Jordan. We're gonna fight. Okay. Okay. Michael B. Jordan. His name is, is not Michael B. Jordan. It's not Michael B. Jordan. Michael J. White. Whatever. Same thing. Michael B. Jordan is the guy from Black Panther. Wait, really? Okay, I'm going to cut this whole yes. thing. <laughs> you are incredible. <laughs> you just confused two black people like nothing alike. They both start with Michael. They're both superhero actors. Oh, that's so awesome. 
So the superhero movie begins with Michael J. White, uh, and he's an assassin. And apparently they, he only kills bad people, but then he accidentally killed good people. And he's really beat up about it. Not really. And Martin Sheen, who, impressive, put on a good 140 pounds for this role, uh, <laughs> is just overflowing in his suit and suspenders. And he has the most evil villain lair I've ever seen. It's just an office building, but he has pictures of atomic explosions in the background. <laughs> and he has Do you t- like his fishbowl with scorpions in yeah, it? Yeah, the two scorpions, they fight each other. And he's got an evil assassin lady helper who... Okay, I get it. You want to show up a little something for the guys. There's a bunch of teenage boys who are going to be watching this. That's too much cleavage. That's way too much cleavage. And she's playing with a tarantula. We're like, okay, we get it. She's bad. <laughs> so Michael J. White decides to. I was gonna like. I was gonna like edit it. In. Michael J. White is uh, is pretty pretty pissed off about uh, killing people, and he's like, all right, I want out. And Michael says, ah, oh, come on, just one more. I, excuse me, let me do my Michael J. White. Come on, just do one more. We gotta get you. Come on, Al. <laughs> I don't think so, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> so they go to North Korea, and uh, I know where that is. And uh, they, uh, <laughs> he's like, oh, there's a bomb here. You know there's like a village of people, you're going to kill all of them. Yes, that's the idea, boy. And uh, he, he kills them, and he says Wanda 36 times, and then he dies. Uh, and he gets... By the way, he can tell this is a pre-9-11 movie. Oh, yeah. He's just like... Oh, here's a bunch of vaguely Middle Eastern people. Time to light them the fuck up. Yep. Anyway. Here's a rocket, dipshits. <laughs> that, yeah, that part was weird. Anyway, uh, so, yeah, the entire time you see this clown, he's sort of hidden in the shadows. You're not really sure what's going on. Uh, <laughs> what the fuck was that? So Michael J. White gets killed. Uh, it's like, I don't even know why they hide him in the shadows. Like, we know who he is. You sh- you showed him before the movie even began. We see his he face He showed up clearly. in the opening credits. Exactly. Like, we know what's going to go on. We It's like, oh, who could that mystery man be? It's like, no, we know. Come on, we're not that dumb. Anyway, five years pass. Apparently, he was just kept in stasis. Maybe he's kept in the same place Gordon Freeman was for all those years. And he comes back, and he is burnt to a crisp. And anyway, he goes back to his house. Wada, wada, wada. <laughs> <laughs> I kept. I was about to be like, "Why'd you say that name?" And uh, he, he turns out, "Oh no, Wanda oh, no, remarried no, someone passed. else. She remarried Chuck Todd." And uh, <laughs> dude, his fucking black goatee with his blonde dyed hair. He looks like Chuck Todd. That is the most Chuck Todd simulacrum of human being I've ever seen. <laughs> anyway, so John Leguizamo like, plays a clown. Imagine like, hey, what do, what does a white dad look like? They kind of nailed it, actually. <laughs> anyway, yes. Uh, we, we might as well get to it. John Leguizamo plays a killer clown from hell called The Violator. All you 8- to 9-year-old fans of our podcast, yeah, it really is that cool. All you 18- to 19-year-olds who are listening to the podcast, yeah, it's, it's that cool. Only 28- to 29-year-olds who are listening to the podcast, uh, um, uh, it's uh hey john just fucking rip man <laughs> it's, just no just you know what? no 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 it. i disagree i don't think he was improvising at this because it was a little too specific and here's how i can sort of back up my claim here i watched the pest i saw him improvise just going nuts on all sort of different things here 
this wasn't a whole lot of improvisation. It was a little too specific. He keeps talking about hell and the underworld and all this other stuff. And those are usually his best lines. I think this was mostly pre-written stuff. And it's just him delivering it. And he's done serious roles before, like The Happening. So, you know, maybe he wasn't just trying to be funny. But he is, I think, for the most part, I still kind of like him in this movie. Maybe I'm biased just because I saw it when I was a young kid. But there are a couple moments where I just think he's really funny. I think that one of his best moments is at the end of the movie where the girl's like, oh, no, he's from hell or something like that. And he looks at her and he goes, no, duh. <laughs> That's so funny to me. And uh, it's like, why does heaven get all the good fathers? We get stuck with all the retards. <laughs> I'm not proud that I laughed at that line, but I did. I didn't feel good about it. It's like, isn't that a, isn't that a country talk? You take that army years and shove it. <laughs> I don't know why. I will not follow you down this road. I, I look, I, I will look, go. We'll get to the cheerleader scene, and then you'll explain yourself in front of God and everyone. Yeah. Well, I, uh, you know, um, maybe we could take a bathroom break or something like that. No. Nope. So, okay. Anyway, uh, yeah, he's in a really different makeup for this, and he comes up to this this decaying former human in all these, like, hobo bum clothes sitting over there, and he's just like, bad cloud, cloud, or bad crispy cloud not like and I, I don't know why but I'm, I'm laughing hysterically at all this it's like he's harmless he's safe as milk do you know what safe as milk means I don't but I know it's the name of a 1967 <laughs> Captain Beefheart album <laughs> Jesus yeah the giant monster clown who just looks like hot death walks up to this fucking melted Ben Grimm looking motherfucker who's yelling the wife's name he's like ah he's with me <laughs> so just like all right, well, you two get out of here, I guess. Now, I will <laughs> say this. Like, Why does he know my name? He's That's like, a very good question. Yeah, let's actually. get back to the party. Yeah, and then he gives yeah, that kid this. a creepy doll. Uh, I really have to understand. I, I have to admit, I, I don't really understand what's going on. It Again, it reminds me of The Pest. There's a moment in The Pest where John Lake was... I, I'm sorry, I have to mention this. John Lake was always dating a black girl in the movie. He goes to her parents' house, oh, no. dresses a full... Oh, it's no. Extro- imagine oh, like... Oh, no. No, 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 no. Parker, you don't understand. You actually cannot imagine how racist it is. Like, what is, what's the most racist thing you could possibly imagine him doing without dropping a hard R? What is he dressed no, like? It's, it's so much worse than you can imagine. Again, I, I this goes beyond description. You have to understand that. Like, it's, it is perhaps the most racist thing I've ever seen someone dressing up like uh, an African-American, uh, again, without saying the N-word. And How many gold teeth does he have? I mean, you you saw him in the beginning. He has one. God, fuck remember? It. Anyway, yeah, uh, it's it, that's really bad. But I think the the main thing here is he's just disrupting their their little party sort of thing. I don't even know why he's there. He's being hunted by neo Nazis. I'd be hiding out. But anyway, he goes there and he's being disruptive and a jerk and a pest, like the movie. And at some point, you, you, you say like, "Geez, if I was a parent, I'd just tell him to leave." You know, but then you wouldn't have this great scene. Same thing happens here with the clown. It's, he's just this creepy, terrifying, fat, obese midget sort of thing. You're like, why not just get him out of the park? Why did you hire him in the first place? At some point, he says, "I got more tricks than your local hooker." You know, like I, I wouldn't hire him for the kids. Shout out to the kids who are laughing and, and jumping around and saying they're having such a good time. He's terrifying. He's scarier than Pennywise. He's scarier than Sweet Tooth. Look, that makes one of us having a great time. <laughs> That's because my God, 
like every five minutes, the like something tangentially related to the plot will happen. The scene will be over, but then it'll just walk into frame like, "Hey, there's one more gag, one more for the road," and then it'll just cut to the old British guy talking about Hellspawn or something. Okay, now I will say that this is one of the places where we differ. I prefer his little buttons on the scene compared to the rest of the fucking movie. Because by this point in the movie, we're like, what, 10, 20 minutes into the movie? I've never been so bored. That entire opening scene where he's assassinating those guys with the rockets and stuff, that was so boring. Oh, yeah. Dude, this movie, normally when you say a movie has bad pacing, it's because it's too long. This movie is under 90 minutes. And it just every fucking two minutes cuts to a scene. Like, someone, there was a scene later on I wrote down, like... It's when they put Martin Sheen under to put that thing on his heart. There's like a scene where he lays on the table. It cuts to Spawn for 30 seconds. And it cuts back to him still on the table delivering more dialogue. And then it cuts back again. Yeah, that entire scene was know. I don't know who edited this, but they should be in Guantanamo Bay. (laughs) It's really bad. Uh, Far worse, however, is the CGI. I I, have... I thought you were going to say the screen transitions. Oh, the screen the, transitions the are really bad. They're really, there are really, really 40 bad. 40 different transitions. Like, all right, this time. I think, my favorite, be fire. I think my favorite one is where they cut to that devil. It's like, no, we're not ashamed. We're actually proud. <laughs> we did this on purpose, folks. But the CGI is probably the worst thing. First, you see Cagliostro, who does, to his credit, have what? a pretty cool voice. Uh, he has like this <laughs> minty green glow around him. Jesus, uh, what? And. Like, okay, I guess the CGI for Spawn suit is... That that looks alright, right? I mean, that looks fine. I think there's a lot of CGI that's fine. I, I'm going to get to the cape in a bit, but, like, there... I, I, eh, it's the hell stuff that's horrendous. The, like, the hell stuff is the worst I've ever seen. the other stuff is that The bad. only other CGI I've seen in the movie that's... Uh, in any movie that's as bad as this would be Food Fight. That entire thing is CGI. Whereas this, it's like, once they get to hell, you're just like, whoa, 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 whoa. You can't be this bad unless you're, like, trying to be this bad. This is like an intern went rogue or something. But I I don't know. I, I don't like the CGI. When he's healing himself, okay, that looks fine enough. The cape is, uh, that's a mixed opinion. It's a sort of little thing. much. It, okay, that's the thing. It's like you admitted that when you were younger, you thought it looked cool. It a lot of people so thought it looked cool. cool. I remember when everyone was younger, they were like, okay, the cape was so cool when it comes down like that. When you watch it now, the first thing you think is like, well, I know the cape's not actually there. I mean, and it looks cool as hell on all the comic artwork. Yeah, I bet it does. Like, that's something you walk past it, you see it, and you go, hang on a second. And I admit, something like that cannot be easy to recreate in film. But Apparently not. Yeah, it's uh, doesn't look great in the movie. But uh, now I'm thinking about the clown again. I, I, so that's the thing. It's like I watch all this other stuff, and I'm like, oh, geez, boob lady's back again. What do I care? Good violator's back he's gonna say something that's sort of funny it, i don't know i think it, as a comparison i i just still really like him yeah Ugh. great he's gonna fart green mist like fucking tajiri <laughs> whatever <laughs> all right all right anyway so he comes he farts green mist like eight times and he shits in his pants and shows you the skid marks yeah and you're just like oh yeah <laughs> that's not me all right i don't no, i don't laugh at everything <laughs> he, made he says maybe like 50 percent of what he says I don't know. I That's just maybe I, I like his voice is what it is, you know. What? I don't know. I I just the the, the voice makes me laugh. I saw I, I heard I something similar in a BoJack episode. It's just like, oh, this is BoJack. We're gonna get you in this great movie. And it's like I don't know. I just kind of you know jolly me. Don't don't put that in my head. Listen, I, I don't make me imagine <laughs> a clown talking to a horseman. 
Oh, I hate that. <laughs> I don't know. I, I just kind of had a good time during this movie. Whenever John Leguizamo was on screen. For, to your to this movie's credit, you know, as bad as the CGI is, I think the makeup is actually really good, right? Yeah, like, that burnt makeup is sick. The When he t- the violator turns into the monster, that puppet fucking owns. Yeah. Okay, the CGI transition's not great, puppet. but the and no, puppet's really good. And I am always here for animatronic monsters. And whatever they did to John Leguizamo to turn him into that monster, that takes so much talent. Yeah. No, no, it I does. Mean, like, okay, it's... look at all the like the makeup and the shit that he's wearing on his face. They make him look really fat and, and shorter than he than he actually is. He's already really short. Like that that's really I don't know how they did some of this stuff. I think I'm not saying Academy Award, but maybe a Saturn Award. Like the the last we'll say twenty minutes in hell is so fucking egregiously bad that it's the only thing you can take away from it. But all the makeup is really fucking good. Like, that is some good-ass burn yeah, makeup. Yeah, the, the burn makeup was really you good. You can see him emoting under it, and there's not... Like, it looks legit. See, that's the it's thing. It's one of, I think I mentioned this. It's one of the difficulties with superhero movies is that for... If you're going to make a Hollywood movie about it, they have to be unmasked. Because it's like, oh, he's Why? our lead actor. We can't just show him under the cowl the entire time because otherwise, oh, you don't know. It's still Michael J. White. But... Like, you can still kind of tell it's Michael J. White under all of this, and it's not just his voice. You can tell that, like, it's him, it's his face, he's the one who's doing all this. Yeah, but here's the thing. You and I both like Deadpool a lot, right? Yeah. He's got a burned face there, so he wears the mask, because the mask is what people like about Spawn. Why am I looking at this burnt toast-looking motherfucker? Well, they do the, the same thing in movie. Spider-Man. You know, they kept taking his mask. Look, it's still Tobey Maguire. It's like, now oh, put the mask yeah, back on. Yeah, but Tobey Maguire is like, dude, this is... Like, I love Michael J. White a lot. He's one of those guys who will do, like, 100 direct-to-DVD action movies, but he can actually fight, so they're usually entertaining. But he's not a movie star. It's not like an Iron Man where every five seconds they take the helmet off so you can see Robert Downey Jr. Look, I... Why am I looking at this crispy motherfucker when everyone loves the Spawn outfit? That's a, okay, it's a good point, but to their credit, they at least they gave us really good makeup for it. That's fair. So anyway, it doesn't make sense. Uh, they fuck around a bit, and he gets his suit, and uh, the movie kind of meanders for a bit. And he's like, Boy. oh, I'll take revenge on Martin Sheen. So Spawn, who has all of the powers? I, I guess. Grab some machine guns. He says it's only limited by his imagination, so basically he's a Green Lantern. I'm very glad you said that, Chris. I've been meaning to have this conversation with you for months now. Let's talk Green Lanterns. Okay. Now, which Lantern Corps would you be a part of? Uh, the green ones? Really? Because there's so many. I would love to tell you about the Yellow Lanterns and the Red Lanterns. Are, are we really doing this? Is this going to tie into Spawn no. <laughs> no. Okay. Not at all. Okay. Look, sometimes... And improv doesn't work the way you hoped it would, and you just move past it. Okay. <laughs> Did someone ever tell that to John Lake Wazabo? <laughs> no. Sometimes you think to yourself, like, I'll figure it out before I'm done saying it. Oh, okay. And then you don't. Anyway, so he decides to take, to take revenge on Martin Sheen, because uh, who wouldn't? And they go to this big gala, and uh, he's been selling weapons all over the world. Martin Sheen's a bad guy, that's all you need to know. And uh, Really? How did you guess? Yeah, he drops down, and the... And the cape is all over the place. And fucking Boob Lady comes in as an assassin. And she tries to shoot him and says, Nice costume, asshole. I'm just like, uh, rude. And uh, 
he kills the shit out of her. And one of the scenes that I remember in this movie, I was like, I can't tell if they try to play it for laughs. She tries to kick him in the gonads, and his little like <laughs> his little cod piece comes out and stops her oh, leg. Fuck. And that and is... he looks down and smiles, and I'm just like. Is that like a really important power to have? <laughs> you can already tell that he's uh he's a hermaphrodite after the burn because he's nude in hell and he doesn't have any equipment down there. And, Red matted nude in hell. <laughs> and he's staring right at the worst CGI devil I have ever seen. Do you want to know something that will blow your mind? Oh, please do. So that's the, like the worst fucking thing I've ever seen. Right? Yeah, like obviously. there's no question. Yeah. They built a fully functioning puppet, and they did that instead. What? I did a lot of digging online. You can see they literally built a giant puppet for the head, and then they put CGI in instead. Oh, it looks so bad. So, the mouth doesn't even fucking move when it talks. He just sits there with that big underbite. Just going, oh, and the entire time the mouth is going, how does he form consonants? It's just fucking Frank Walker <laughs> doing his Megatron voice. <laughs> Man, I'm fucking like, okay, I play a lot of Doom, and I played like the original 1993 one with all the like the pixelation and shit. It still looks better than the hell in this movie. Dude, when it shows like all the Hell's Army guys, oh, God. and they're like, like coming in front of the screen, it looks like when you play a wrestling game on the PS1 and you get too close to the crowd. <laughs> Just, man, it is. There's like one guy who's clearly rocking out to a heavy metal song over there. And the other thing about it is like you have all those people. So clearly what they did is like they, okay, we'll copy this group of people and paste 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 all over the place. Uh, one year later, you get Disney's Mulan, which came up with its own program to create a large number of individual entities on the screen and move them all independently. And it looks fantastic. It's one of the best parts about the entire movie. It's like one year yeah, after this. Mulan. One year later, the same studio made Blade, which looks like it was made 40 years later. I wouldn't even put this and Blade in the same fucking decade if I watched them back to that. <laughs> well, they're both comic understand. book movies. They're both basically the same thing. Anyway, so he's That's able to fine. kill Boob. He's able to kill Boob Lady, and he escapes. And it turns out he's clumsy as a motherfucker. Like he's supposed to be really cool, right? Why isn't he cool in this? My favorite part of the entire movie is when he accidentally uses one of his powers and she looks at the camera and goes, "Oh shit!" <laughs> <laughs> really connected with me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he has no grasp on any of his powers for two-thirds of the movie. Yeah, which, that's supposed to be the first act, right? The Of yeah. any other superhero movie, it's like, okay, I've got my powers, and here's how I'm going to get used to using them. And then in the, With like... great Wanda comes great responsibility. Yeah, and then you're going to, like, realize it's not just about using powers, it's using them along with my sense of morality and sense of justice and intelligence, and be a good person while you do it, too. That part never comes in. But he does learn how to use his powers and then never shows us, like, the getting used to using them part. That's, like, all the third act. They're just like, oh, if you trade your powers, you die and have to restart how the level. How many different powers does he use once and ever again? I have no he idea. He fucking flies in this movie. And then the two scenes later, he's driving a motorcycle. <laughs> I don't understand. And then it's like a scene out of Twisted Metal because the killer clouds try to kill him with a truck. That's cool. Oh, shit. I didn't make that connection. See? Oh, did You're you make right, the did you make the connection? I have to spoil this one. It's at the very end of the movie. Martin Sheen is like he's trying to kill Martin Sheen because he's got the heart problem. And he can he says, "I was going to try to kill you now and kickstart the apocalypse now." 
God. You just got that? No, I got it. Oh. And, that line is uh, pretty brutal. That you reminded me. I will say it's, that one's probably an, an improv. Just riff, Johnny. John, you got a little connection here? Martin Sheen, recognize him from anything? And roll it. I can't wait, I'm still inside on. Yeah, it's a little on the nose, though. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little hard to move around metal. in this thing. I'm so happy you brought up Twisted Metal, because the movie opens with fire just rushing at the screen <laughs> while the British guy gives a voiceover, and all I can think of was Twisted Metal. Oh, that's a good like, point. Dragula's going to start playing it any second. Okay, so Parker, what happens next? The scene transitions. So, well, I'd forgotten. It's not just the After Effects flames or cape flying. There's also, like, Spawn will be like, walking and talking, and then he'll leave the scene. And then Cagler also will just look and go, A new Hell Spawn has emerged. And then it'll just, like, fade out. Parker. But we get to a part. I want to talk to you about the graveyard scene. Oh, yeah, let's go. Let's start with how we get to the graveyard scene. I forgot how we got there. Which is John Logazama doing a Jimmy Stewart impression. Farting, calling someone a fudge-packing midget, and then teleporting to his grave. Well, no, uh, Spawn calls him a fudge-packing midget, which oh, was very excuse me, it, which is very out of character for Spawn. It's like, whoa, man, gay joke there. You can't be doing that. Seemed a little uncalled. Yeah, I know. Uh, but like the Jimmy Stewart impression, I thought was I can't, I can't say it was funny. I'm sorry. Yeah, say yeah, it. I can't. Can't I have to admit I'm kind of sick of John Leguizamo. I used to really like this guy. I think he has talent. I really do. Just, I, 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 you did this. This is a movie I like. I would defend just because of John Leguizamo. And now he, I'm, I'm realizing maybe he was the worst part of the movie. Anyway, yeah. So no, even so, I won't so say even when, he's the worst part. No, of he's definitely movie. not. He's actually the best part of the movie. I'm not kidding about that. He really is the best part of the movie because he does entertain me at least. But, uh, and like, the, for example, like the, the Satan worshippers, that was a funny scene when he called them retards. I don't know. And when I really he, enjoyed that one of the Satan worshippers looks just like Guy Fieri. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fat dude with spiked white tips. I will say this, though. I didn't get it where he, he handed him a shovel or tossed him a shovel and his face is on it and says, get digging. I was just like, I, what? Or, can I dig with I'm your sure face? I'm sure that here? was. Sure, that was funny somewhere. Yeah, um, I bet you laughed at it the first time you saw it. No, I think I was kind of confused. I bet your dad laughed at it. No, he never laughs. Wait, he doesn't laugh at Spawn. He just watches it like that's pretty bad. Yeah, ass. yeah. I'm, I, Why is it your dad on this episode? God <laughs> I damn it! Want to get him on here? <laughs> Call him up. I don't care you, if it's four. You gotta, you gotta realize that like, he would say something like, "I don't even know that movie." He's seen it like eight times. <laughs> <laughs> Can you just like put it on in front of him and just like put a voice memo on and just like slide it under the pillow? It would just be him typing and looking up at the screen every once in a while. I'm telling you. Anyway, nice knockers. No, he he definitely wouldn't say that. He he's very much more of he he was talking about the no he's worse. He'd be talking about like I hate over superpowered women. They're just at everything these days. I was like. Dad, he's kind of I'm trying to do that thing here. It's like, because, you know, back in the days when men were... Okay, Dad, I gotta go. <laughs> so, <laughs> Oh, man, I gotta drive back home yeah, now. What Sorry. a shame. See you next week. Uh, what happens after the graveyard? Oh, you still get used to... Okay, we haven't talked about the little kid. Uh, yeah. 
He's in this movie. Yeah, so they got that little kid from Les Miserables or whatever. He's in this. (laughs) Uh, The kid who gets shot in Les Mis. Uh, He's in there. He lives in a really poor section of town. The nicest poor section of town I've ever seen, by the way. It's like, oh, what do you mean, Chris? It looks like crap. It's always raining there. And fathers beat their sons after eating rotten sandwiches and all this other shit. At least they have, like, it looks like shelter, you know? And they have a community. As like, have you ever seen these uh, places in real life? I mean, like, a lot of these homeless people are so stratified and they just live on their own and they got nobody to turn to. It's really sad. And then here it's just like, yes, this is just the homeless community. It's a place of God. It's like, oh, would you not run down my religion here? I would prefer a subplot instead of everything with Martin Sheen. <laughs> just the homeless people community living in the abandoned chapels. Now, the old timey chapels. Yeah, now Cagliostro. God damn it. That name is. Comics might be dumb. Can you please tell me what the fuck was the point of him? Oh, he's a wise mentor nope. or whatever, but he doesn't really do a very good job with that, does hey, he? You guys ever see Star Wars close enough? Yeah, he's just really kind of useless in the movie. I think the younger kid it was more important. takes him an hour. Like, he knows from the beginning he's Spawn, and then an hour into the movie he's like, oh, I guess you want to use your powers, huh, Spawn? Like, yeah, please, by all means, he gets teach him imp- how to do anything. Spawn gets impaled on spikes on a grate, and fucking Cagliostro comes in you're letting them get to you I'm like uh could you help me down please words are like bullets spawn <laughs> I don't understand the structure of this movie as a whole yeah I'm, like, I'm not entirely we sure we didn't even discuss the scene where after the big shootout at the evening gala he accidentally shoots chains out of his chest and then tries to sneak around the building with spotlights on him uh, his cape you, turns him invisible and then he just tries to sneak around like a fucking Tom and Jerry cartoon <laughs> well yeah the, I, I would say this movie is kind of like a live action cartoon he slinks around and they're like oh there he is and then his cape's just like actually we can fly now and then the scene's over and then it cuts to him on the top of a building doing the Batman pose halfway into the movie yeah I mean you gotta have a scene away. where he's brooding you know uh, yeah, we don't have enough brooding in this movie. So you don't want to talk about uh, Chuck Todd in this movie? Because he's still in this for whatever God, reason. I have no idea. I don't... I'm sure he has a character arc. I'm sure... I've, I've honestly... I've seen this movie a couple times in my life at different stages of my life, kind of like you. I still don't know what the plot is. I don't know who's doing what. Yeah. I don't care. So at some point he starts to fight the Violator and uh, he loses, I think. <laughs> Then he blows up. Like the... At one point, a clown just appears and tells Martin Sheen, like, hey, she get this thing put on your heart. That way, if you die, everything explodes. They're Which like, doesn't make yeah, sense. That's cool. Why and would then you do that? Off. That doesn't even work. Why, why not just kill him? He doesn't even look at him. He's just staring off this and is like, yeah, that sounds cool. So as soon as he installs it into his heart, why not just kill him? Why, why, do, you need, uh, way, why do you need Spawn to do it? I don't get it. The CGI on that fucking pacemaker. Oh, yeah, Holy. that's okay. Okay, yeah. That looks like fucking clip art. <laughs> it's incredible. The, I can't get over the doctor telling him no one would dare kill you. And I'd be like, should you wash your hands? You know, come on. It's fucking dumb. Anyway. By the way, why is he awake while that guy's operating on his heart? That... <laughs> He's carrying on a conversation like, yeah, the clown monster told me this is a good idea. <laughs> What the fuck ever? No anesthesia? He's just so badass smoking his giant cigarillo. <laughs> Tell you what, let's let's skip to the end. You want to just skip to the end? 
Uh, I mean, I mean I what else? Are we, are we missing it. anything? No, there's just cut, cut, cut. Just 45 minutes. I think I literally wrote down one of the... Nah, it's not worth it. See, that's the thing. It's like, I think about this, and without the violator in it, at least the violator... Oh, we forgot. Okay. I'll admit it. Oh, I think I just figured out what you meant. Yeah, the cheerleader scene. <laughs> I, uh... Defend it, you fuck. I got nothing. I, I, I really, I got nothing. Um, it's, it's one of the worst scenes in comic book movie history, even though it only lasts ten seconds. I... I don't. I don't get the joke. Uh, it just seems to happen, and then he gets dragged down to hell, which he deserves. I. Hey, you remember how you said you watched the opening scene of the Pest with Alex, and there was just that uncomfortable silence for a while. Mm-hmm. I watched this like two months ago at a friend's house, <laughs> and the silence, just the nervous shuffling. <laughs> After that happened, when he first did the first cheer, and then the camera cut, and then he did a different cheer, just uncomfortably I, drinking look, wildly, I do not like get sifting. It, all right, I really don't rearranging the pizza crust on our plates. Like now, I, wait, you don't you know, eat I the crust? Still warm. I mean, that we were on like piece seven. By you things <laughs> we'd been we've been drinking a lot by that point. This is this is the longest short movie i've ever seen in my it life really well actually the pest is longer <laughs> but uh like, it's incredible because it would air on tv all the time and it would it always i remember as a kid thinking like oh, this movie's so short like it just goes yeah it flies by and you realize like oh it's because you're a kid with no attention That's it just cuts point, every yeah. three seconds to a new scene yeah like i saw like homeward bound a million times and the math works out it's like no that's impossible because you can't watch a million times no no i counted i watched homeward bound a million times i had enough time of the day those days nowadays i have to go to work it sucks i have to watch spawn at four in the morning Look, regret all my choices you have to talk about it too um yeah so i can't defend that scene anyway so he goes they all go to uh, spawn's house i guess wait 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 you i just realized we didn't talk about your favorite scene so <laughs> it comes time for the training because for what's essentially maybe a 90 minute movie for the first hour he has the control in his powers the same way your dad has control. Like, when he hand him that N64 controller, he's just looking like... So there's a joystick in the middle, and there's <laughs> these directions here, but there's these C directions. What the fuck is this? <laughs> That's essentially how Spawn controls his powers for an hour. Yeah. And then Kyluros... Oh, like God, no. Tasmanian oh. devil runs in circles around the covers. Now, you said earlier that the CGI wasn't that bad in this movie. I do not. I will not. How dare you? <laughs> the CGI. How? That was a scene that it was like, oh my god, that's worse than some of the stuff in hell. <laughs> Holy shit, dude. That is, it's really, really embarrassing when that happens. That that should be at the silent moment when you guys are, are watching. You're just like, because it's not even funny when it happens. You're just like, Oh God! They're really doing this, you know. You could not count on two hands the number of times we just went, yikes. Yeah, it's a uh... <laughs> oof. Oh boy, boy, we put it on as a joke, and about twenty minutes in, it's like, oh, this is 
We're in too far now. Yeah, that's as soon as that happens, it's terrible. So they all go to this reminder: budget forty million U.S. dollars. All right, money that's well 90s spent. That's dollars. That's like a trillion dollars now. Yeah. So they all go to Wanda's house. Wanda and uh, fish called Wanda. Yeah, Martin Sheen's holding her host. I can't even do. That's actually starting to hurt my throat now. By the way, Martin Sheen for the climax of the movie shows up in a leather jacket and slacks. <laughs> this movie's good. I am just gonna wear what I brought. Anyway, so the cloud shows up and he does say that no duh lied to the girl and as soon as he says that I seriously I laugh every single time I hear it because the delivery cracks me up no duh <laughs> I'm gonna start saying that now and then he ruins it by having two scenes that are just about as bad as the cheerleader scene the the thing where he does that thing with his eyes he goes booga 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 his eyes pop out again terrible CGI it looks like Large March. <laughs> it doesn't look that good. Large March was scary. Correct. This is not scary. And then it gets even worse because for some reason he pulls out a balloon and starts yeah, what d- it starts fuck? doing like some sort of Italian opera voice. And then the balloon pops because his face is on there. He says, it's really good for my laryngitis. I'm like, I, I don't know what that was. I, I really don't Just know what that was. Just go for it, John. No, you can't. He's yeah. not animating this, though. Someone had to been in on the gag. They were going, to, okay, we're going to have like a balloon and his face is going to be on it. Again, I don't even know how you explain the scene. I can't even explain what happens, you know? <laughs> it just sort of happens and you're just like, what? That, okay, so that scene is. cutting the reaction shots of like, huh, that crazy clown. That, I, I'd say that scene is actually worse than the cheerleader scene because at least the cheerleader scene, he gets dragged down to hell. I'm like, ah, good. Serves you right. <laughs> Anyway, uh, he gets pulled into hell like four times, and the devil himself has to go quit dicking around <laughs> in there. So Spawn goes to his own house, God knows why, and uh, <laughs> saves Wanda. Maybe does he? I don't know. And his daughter Cyan. Look, Stupid name for a girl, by the way. I have to backtrack because I remembered one thing. Yeah. So the scene's inconsequential. It's the chase scene with him in the truck and Spawn falling on the bike. But what I forgot, <laughs> so his cape turns into the giant spike, and the truck drives into it and explodes, and John Leguizamo flies off like a rocket. <laughs> He's like, I'll get you, Spawn! He says, I'm going to head you off in the pass. <laughs> How oh, could you not laugh at God. that? That's so funny. That's the thing I've ever seen. Yeah, meow, that's right. <laughs> This episode's actually killing my throat here just because of the oh, fucking yeah. voices. That's so awesome that Martin Sheen was like at his lowest point in his career. This fucking dyed hair and his stupid This goatee. actually has to be the lowest point in his career. It's I'm pretty sure he had just done like an ALF TV movie. <laughs> this is the closest I've ever come to swallowing a bullet. <laughs> uh, check it out. I'm trying to do my Kirk Douglas impression. <laughs> Kirk Douglas meets Bobby. <laughs> what was I, I'm, I'm just glad Boob Lady wasn't in this for too much because she was just worthless. And like again, I don't like to describe women by their appearance, but that's who but she, she is. She exists in this movie to push her tits up as high as they possibly get. Yeah, like and then get shot in the face by a ghoul. <laughs> <laughs> like we were watching Enemies Closer, and Alex pointed out uh, that one girl, Kayla or whatever. She put oh she's wearing a push up bra sure. and I I couldn't tell like I was oh is she she's like yeah of course I was just like jeez oh, I mean uh, yeah I mean so am I you know I'd like sorry I was too busy respecting uh, her no it's just I can't I'm not really 
great at being able to tell. This woman is, I don't know what it is. This had to have taken like multiple costume designers to, to like, I, I don't even know. I don't even know. It just looks ridiculous. At least a million dollars. Exactly. The number of people it took. Took the whole puppeteering silicone beef up right there. Pushing and lifting and separating eighteen bungee cables down there. Can you imagine her at the end of the day just taking all that stuff? Oh, I feel bad for her. (laughs) And she went on to do other movies such as. So the end of the movie has it's a rough uh, business, friends. has Cagliostro and Spawn being dragged to hell, Dude, and it looks this like... last act is the movie that will not end. <laughs> it, it ends forty seven <laughs> times. Keeps on it's like returning. It's just oh my god, dude! It's it's so they go bad. down to hell. You want to tell me what happens? They fight <laughs> the devil. I think <laughs> he doesn't even do anything to the devil i don't like, even know he's getting killed by the devil and cagliazzo's getting dragged all shoots, over the place it looks like a really bad shoots, video game <laughs> he shoots green electricity all over these sega cd looking motherfuckers and then they just jump out and fly through the portal as he swipes at him and then they get out and and then he comes back in through the wall <laughs> by the way at this, at this point i'm alone in my rooms you as the climactic battle ends by him just jumping out the fireplace, I start screaming. Isn't that how they fucking travel in Harry Potter? <laughs> I was so, so angry. You know J.K. Rowling watched this movie for inspiration <laughs> for Sorcery Stone. Uh, anyway, so... He's just like, I have to go back to my living room now. I have to go get Wanda. And he just fucking grabs Cagliostro and they Superman jump up. And he's just... He just leaves hell. Yeah, look, so the movie, the basic premise of the movie is Spawn, his genesis is all about he's supposed to lead Hell's army to fight against Heaven. Look, dude, I've I've seen this sort of story play out. Heaven almost always wins this sort of stuff. And, he, you know, he's going to lead their army. They keep saying, oh, he's going to lead their army. And uh, he's like, fine, I'll do it. Just let me see Wanda. Uh, there's really uh, nothing doing about this because he goes to hell and he fights the devil. The devil says, you will never lead my army. It's just like, wouldn't you want a guy who's really badass like that? But apparently he doesn't. Is that the point of the entire goddamn movie? So he escapes hell with uh, Cagliostro and then they fight. Who looks like such a dickhead in that chain mail. Oh, he really does. By the way, this guy just quit acting after this movie. I am shocked. He's, he'd been in tons of shit, and he was in Spawn, and he was like, no, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he wasn't even that old. Like, he just fucking bailed. So This movie ruined his career. So the Violator follows him, and Spawn kills him with chains from behind the back or something like that, and Violator dies. I have to say, this is Look. another really bad death scene, because he's making jokes all the way to the grave, and on the one hand, I think when I first watched it, I kind of liked it, because I was like, so it shows that like this is just always going to be part of his soul, that he's just always going to be, you know, cracking wise, and you know, it's just part of who he is. He's doing that even when he's getting chewed out by the devil, but now I realize it's like, wait, this kind of sucks, because if you don't have any sort of sense of, oh, I'm losing, then there's no reason for us to care about him dying. It's almost like there's no stakes in this movie. Exactly. By the way, I watched this a lot as a kid. Him using his chains to just saw his head off. Thought that was pretty cool. Exactly. If you want to ask uh, which fat kid had a whole lot of drawings of a monster that looked like the Violator in his elementary school notebooks, it was this one. The awful thought CGI my, that Violator. Looked r- Wait, did I make fun of you for it? Really cool. Most oh, no, no, I made fun of you for it. Uh, I liked drawing a lot of monsters. It was a Stephen buddy. King movie. 
Oh, the Langoliers. The Langoliers, <laughs> yeah. Hell yes. Oh, jeez. Like, that was last year I was making fun of you for that. Yeah. Uh, anyway. A lot of things make sense the more you learn, huh? Uh, let me read from Wikipedia real quick. Martin Sheen is arrested oh, no. and Spawn, realizing there is no place <laughs> oh, for him fuck. in Wanda's world anymore, dedicates himself to justice rather than succumbing to his lust for vengeance. But he already got vengeance because he got arrested. And... <laughs> yeah, by the way. Tune in for arrested. Spawn 2. <laughs> Not just executed on the spot for trying to kill three billion people. <laughs> well, he's white, so you know they gotta arrest and put yeah. him on, give him a fair trial. So a couple things uh, with this scene here. I'll just, you know, they don't really fit in any order. Okay. So first of all, because hell looks so bad, they just had the finale of the movie take place in a fucking living room. <laughs> cool. <laughs> when Martin Sheen takes them hostage, I don't know if you noticed, but a white McGoatee dude has a literal ball gag in his mouth. I did notice that, and I was going to be like, wait, so that would probably be like a cut violator joke, right? Bring in the gimp. <laughs> Bring in the gimp boob lady. Uh, John Leguizamo, as he's dissolving, asking her if she wants a little head... Great. Yeah, nailed Good it. Movie. And of course, I had to write, I had to rewind this line to write it down because it really summarized everything. It's uh, so white guys outside talking to the, you know, the press. It, she goes, Do you have any further comments? Something I should have done a long time ago. What? Yeah, I know. I, uh, they left that in the fucking movie. That's how the movie ends. I mean, that in, unfortunately, fucking 14th voiceover parker uh can i read something else from wikipedia oh sure. more than half of the final effects shots were delivered two weeks before the film's debut that checks out <laughs> this really reeks of a uh online <laughs> the online submission closes at midnight i need to crank out eight more pages parker have you ever read the spawn comic I'm, I mean, way back in the 90s. It's been a long do you, time. So do you remember uh, that uh, Terry Fitzgerald in the comic is black? Yes, I did well, know that. Uh, Todd McFarlane explained the change to make him white because uh, it was made by the studio to avoid having too many black leads, as they believed this would give the false impression that the film's target audience was the African-American demographic. Have you ever been less surprised by a sentence in your entire no, life? No, I uh, I don't I don't know that I have. We don't want the thing. It's just a black movie. <laughs> Give them the most milk toast Caucasian we can find. Uh, wow. Here's here's one for you. Positive reviews. Roger Ebert of the yeah, Chicago Sun-Times, who awarded the oh, film three and a half out of four stars. He wrote that the film's plot was sappy, I would say non-existent, and little more than a setup for some of the most innovative effects of the era. So much that Spawn verged on surrealistic art film. Ebert ended his review with, as a visual experience, Spawn is unforgettable. I'm glad he's dead. Yeah, he's not wrong. Because as a visual experience, you will never, ever forget the end of Spawn. Yeah, it's... <laughs> that that like devil is going to stick with me PS to the end. CGI marsupial, and I hate it. Parker, if I die and it go to hell, if, if I see that devil, I will never be able to stop laughing. I will never forget it for the rest of my it's life. It's always going to be in my head. You know, there, there are scenes from Food Fight that are going to stick with me. They're nightmares. But that is just, it's so bad. It's so, so bad. I, I don't know what your shot is going to be for when you post this on terribleblog.net. You know exactly what it's going to oh, be. Oh, it's going to be the cheerleader, isn't it? 
No, oh. it's gonna be <laughs> the goddamn devil. No, oh, I was gonna say, I was like that. That would have been my suggestion because there are a couple shots that I would have used. It's like uh, oh, no. I would have used maybe the shovel with a guy's face on it or something. Uh, <laughs> maybe just a freeze frame of Cagliasso running around him, <laughs> like the Tasmanian devil. <laughs> Spawn. <laughs> like this movie literally opens with a CGI fire tunnel, a voiceover. A cut to something else, and then another voiceover within a two-minute span. And then the opening credits, which are, uh, I don't know, one of your favorite songs or something? I don't know. Oh, my God, dude. <laughs> this is the most twisted metal three-ass-looking movie I've ever seen in my Oh, my life. God, I was actually right. At the Saturn Awards, Spawn was nominated for Best Makeup. I was just kidding about, a, sm- uh, about a Saturn Award. <laughs> like, look, I'm not saying this movie's good or it's like, yeah, it's underrated. Like, it's bad. There's some good-ass effects in here. When that fucking giant violator puppet mouth expands into it, yeah, I'm here you know, for it. You know, and they, I can tell that they tried on this movie. I can really tell that they tried, but they is a very small group of people. Michael J. Yeah. White really tried hard on this. I can tell I that he was trying real so hard. Bad. And John Leguizamo like, was trying a little too hard. I have a feel like he just wasn't given a whole lot of direction. He was, they were just like, yeah, I don't know. Do your wacky stuff. Remember the past? He's like, uh, guys, I don't think that really worked out for me. And uh, he, he, so he just tries to do his best. I think John Leguizamo succeeds, uh, mostly. I mean, considering what he had to do, you know. And Michael J. White really succeeds because his makeup was not easy to work with. Oh, no. And... You can see a lot of emoting under that makeup, yeah. too. It's pretty impressive. Can't say Martin Sheen succeeds. I mean, it's mostly him just going, Wanda, but still. Teresa Randall certainly doesn't succeed. And D.B. Swinney or whatever. I don't know. Whoever that guy's name Whitey, was, whatever. White guy. Yeah, the white guy. Look, just imagine that you're Michael Jai White. And you're filming all these battle scenes just on a blue screen. It's just you reacting to nothing there. And thinking to yourself, like, I mean, they'll tighten this up in post. Like, I'm sure the effects will look good. And then I'm going to be the star of my own superhero <laughs> franchise. The first black superhero. I'm going to be the face of it. And then you sit in that premiere and you go, oh. Oh. It's fucking heartbreaking. <laughs> like, if they made this movie today, like, by the way, since they're wanting to remake it and he's right and Tom McFarlane's writing it, it's going to be an R rating. Just have Michael Jai White do it again. Yeah, you know like he, he looks the exact on, same you know? age. He's got a good voice. He can actually fight. Like, just honestly, I would say put John Leguizamo in it again because I think he'd be better than anyone else. I would get. Who else I going to get? Carlos Mencia. Oh, don't put that evil out, Parker. What do you want to watch next week? I'm fine with doing Scream. Looks like we're watching Scream next week. Uh, I'm I'm into it. I uh, I can't wait. I'll see you all next week.
Like a mugger, I stick to this. Take away for this. On stinky dinky, ah, 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 do. Sex symbols, those liquors all the way from his candlestick. I'm in the mood to scam simply because I can't. I'm the Latin Houdini. Disappear in a flash with your cash in a bank like a genie. Uh, 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 Lucy, I'm home. Dando la trello, say. Break to the east, break to the west. Break that party to the chest. Yes, yes, y'all, and it's like that. Why slightly? No, no, no. Get stupid, get retorted. Cause best to get the party started. Which way did you go, George? Which way did you go? Bubalocious! Bubalocious are bullshit!